Why don't we just give each coach a paintball gun if they're able to hit one of the other players and they have have to go off for a chance? Yeah, yeah, that's fine by me. That would have made that more exciting. Because it was it was literally. I'd love I'd love to see Joe with a paint gun. That'd be fun. (laughs) Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host. Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode nine of season four of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. Matt Cavender's taking the night off. He's having a little bit of a hoarse voice and thought he'd be best to just take the week off. Especially since a couple of you guys are taking some time off here later on, so probably not a bad idea. Um, None of us are billionaires, so we're all still here. Uh, This week we're going to go just the three of us, no guests. Uh, We tried to get Jordy Murray on, but we didn't really uh, reach out to the team until it was a little too late. And Cal Larson's out at deer camp, so it was a little hard to get a hold of him today and try and coordinate anything, so... Maybe we'll try and do that some other time. But we're going to discuss Rob's trip up to Houghton to watch the LSU series, uh, the Joe show a little bit, if I can think of anything, since I think I'm the only one that actually got a chance to listen today other than Matt. Um, More recruit signing last week, and then preview the St. Thomas series. Anything else you guys really want to talk about? No, that sounds good to me. Sounds good. All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be back to chat about last week's series against LSSU. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A Tech.net. All right. Uh, Welcome back. Let's get right into things about LSSU. Rob, what were your impressions while being up in Houghton to watch this series? It's the first time that I think I've gone to a series with the whole everybody in the Misfits stands now, which is, or the whole side stands, which yeah. is, is nice, right? Uh, quite a few, uh, quite a few folks there, even everybody's standing up, everybody's going crazy. It was, it was really good to see the pretty decent crowds there both nights for our early season game, you know, in the 3,000s. Each night, I think, right? It was only was it four off from three thousand the second night, so it's decent crowds. You know, it's a fun time to get get back home. It feels like it's been way too long since we got to actually, you know, go to a game, right? So mm-hmm. it was it was good. Um, Friday night's game, 
I think is the game we played better, even though it uh, wasn't didn't end up right on the scoreboard in the end. But I think we played a better game. We dominated possession for really large stretches of the game and just couldn't finish. That the lack of scoring downright killed us on Friday. Yep. What was it? Forty some shots, and they only got two goals, and one of those goals was an own goal. Yeah, forty-two to twenty-one in shots, and uh, definitely an own goal. Even though I don't think hockey has that concept, right? <laughs> no, but yeah, I guess maybe our listeners don't quite understand that concept. But yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that concept. In soccer, if a goal is a goal is scored by the defense, the team doesn't actually get it. Like nobody on the team gets it, right? It goes down. It, it's credited as an own goal. goal instead of credited toward the nearest forward. Not the nearest, the last one to touch the puck. Is it the last to touch it in hockey? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Mosley got the goal. I think. I think. I'm pretty sure it was Mosley's goal. It was the first one, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He did. He did take one. the shot, and then it was blocked, and then knocked in by the defenseman right in front of the goalie. Yeah, the goalie had his his glove over top, like just about to stomp down on the puck to freeze it. And I don't know what the hell the defenseman was doing, but he uh, cleared it with quite uh, quite emphasis into the corner of the net. So yep. Yep. it was not it was not scored by us <laughs> at all. And then you know, three seconds later, it felt like they go straight on the ice and score again, which was yep. you know, yeah, it was not great to to get that that gimme goal and then turn around on the next shift and allow them to tie it back up. And yeah, that was yeah. great. Yep. No, you can even see the guys in the, in the celebration for the goal. Like you could see them like, I didn't do it. Like, they were all <laughs> celebrating with Mosley. And he's like, it was, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the second goal of the game, I actually didn't see at all because Jack works was standing back up in front of me on the boards. We were standing down at the, along the boards and all I could see was works in his back uh, <laughs> after he made the pass to Piedela and my brother celebrating beside me. I'm like, well, I guess we must have scored because I no. have no idea. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> see, I couldn't see it at all. So I had to wait for the replay on that one. Uh, but you know, I was, uh, again, we, we had so many just long periods of possession and I don't know what's going on with the power play all of a sudden, but they can't do anything on it. I mean, yeah. we didn't have a single, Single power play goal this weekend, not to jump ahead to Saturday's game, but we had four or five, I want to say. Uh, five on Friday. Yeah. We had, well, we had four, four PPs on Friday. One of them was the, the double minor. Yeah. On, well, I mean, but that Friday, counts right? as two separate Does it count ones. as two? Okay. Yeah. Yep. And I have, I honestly, that I have no idea how that got called the way it did. I don't know. Have you seen it on video, Tim? That should have been a major. I, I honestly no and I honestly don't know what were the two minors that were called holding and cross checking. I didn't know you could cross check to the face and only get two minutes. Because <laughs> he, he literally cross checks through the guy's chin. Yeah, and, yeah. and I know um, it came up in the Discord chat where I was like, I don't understand why Joe didn't challenge that, and somebody said that I I must have missed it. Um. He had already challenged that he had already done a challenge and lost this timeout for a loss, a failed challenge. And I'm like, well, he can still challenge, but he he would have risked taking a minor penalty and killing half of that. Yeah, uh, that double minor. But like, it was a pure clothesline. It was he literally cross checks him like through the neck, yep, and knocks the guy backwards. Like I, 
I, I really wonder what would have happened if they reviewed it. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't if, understand. If it how would have been a major a and a minor. And I don't, I, don't, I honestly don't get the. I mean, you cross check you through can't, somebody, release but, one of your hands, and then hold him with the other one, and that's how he gets the clothesline. I don't, maybe that's what, what, what the was the, what was the holding penalty for? That did that it happen was, that earlier the in the play, or no, okay. I don't think so. The only thing I could think of that that warrants holding those two together is did he call a hold on the initial clothesline and then a cross check later in the scuffle? Because there was a little little scuffle okay. as well. Yeah, it would have been really uh, interesting to see on review what happened because you would have known. I mean, it would have been my understanding that Joe would have waited for the announcement and then said, hey, challenge, if he had seen it. And Jay-Z made it sound like Joe didn't know. Joe didn't know what Jay-Z was talking about when he asked him why he didn't review that, have that challenge. Sure. And then he watched the tape and said on Saturday night, he's like, yeah, I should have challenged that because that was an obvious five. And I Did he, he mention that on the show then? I, take I it? don't think he mentioned on the show. Jay-Z said okay. he asked him about gotcha. it. Jay-Z said that Joe said something to him Saturday that, yeah, I should have challenged that. Yeah, it was high and it was, I mean, they're going to the boards. He's, he's coming down the ice as fast as possible, right? Yeah. Uh, and he pinches them on the boards. That's a normal hockey play, right? But right. the whole up around the face, it it, it you know, he went straight out flat out he caught him there and his, it, it looked comical his legs went straight out he was parallel to the ice as he came down yeah it, it, it was just, it was like a cartoon clotheslining it was it was not good but you know again we can't can't score on 42 shots or whatever we had doubled them in shots and even even through large good sections of possession too one on the faceoffs not by much but one on the faceoffs right so yeah. I don't know. I thought I thought Friday's game was actually pretty decent, you know, from a showing, with the exception of being able to score. And then you go into three on three, and I Matt's not here to defend himself, so I I shouldn't bash it too much. But that oh, is you the absolutely most, should because you're right. That is the most boring thing I have watched in a very long time. That one they was have, boring, unlike the one the <sighs> other one we had, which was. Basically, you got the two opposites. This one was more like what it is now in the NHL, where they just, like, I don't know, it's just sloppy, honestly. But that first one this year was like five minutes of the best hockey I've seen because it literally was up and down, up and down, shoot, yeah. try and score. This one was not that at all. No. And they, then they literally drug the puck backwards to get changes just over and over and over again for both mm-hmm. teams. That's what they do in the NHL too. Yeah, yeah. I don't. There like was that part one of the NHL. shot on goal the entire overtime period. <laughs> yeah, Lake well, State never attempted a shot. We had one. You know, you know why we went to overtime? Because it was tied. Because because Dustin and Matt talked up how shitty the goaltending is for Lake State <laughs> and jinxed us. Yeah, I I don't remember him making any really exceptional saves though either. I don't, no, nothing, it's it. A lot of the Discord talked a lot about how it felt like we spent a lot of time hitting the goalie in the chest. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think we said shitty. I think we were arguing that they are extremely mediocre. Yeah. Okay. What? what how is that? A, that's a distinction without a difference when it comes to jinxing yourself <laughs> a week before you play that said goalie. Uh, but. I do think one thing that's clear 
is I think Lake State has an advantage in a shootout. Because those three guys they sent out there, especially Boudon and Genuine, have the skill to make a one-on-one play and be successful. And we don't necessarily have those guys. Uh, Ashbrook, of undressed, Ashbrook undressed the crap out of the goalie he with did. his, though. That um, was nice. He, his was backhand it? was fantastic. I would have expected more out of Kukunin, but I don't even think was he the one that didn't even actually get a shot off? Like it, he lost it on his last beat. Oh, uh, one of them got poke checked. Yeah, yeah. I think it might have been him. I think it was the, whoever came down second. Yeah, Kukunin. got poke checked. I think. Yeah, and but. that just sucks. I like. I get why we do all of that stuff the way we do, but it's so disheartening to like have had the yeah. lead, played the better game failed on the power play and then do nothing in overtime and then lose on a shootout at home. It's just frustrating to watch. I think the biggest thing, like I said, needs to happen at three on three and I said it in, in, in Slack. So I don't have discord on my phone yet. Uh, on my new phone, there needs to be something like a backcourt violation. You, you get in the zone, you have to stay in the zone and you can't, you know, take it out on purpose. Force just, pressure just for that. the three on three, yeah. Just for the three on three, yeah. Like you know, you, you you've you've entered the zone. Uh, if it comes out, you know, in your possession or you're passing it out of the offensive zone, it, it goes to a face off. That would solve the draw it back, bring it all the way back down, change two guys, switch the puck around, change another guy. I don't want to watch nothing but line changes for five minutes. That's stupid, and that's yeah. what that really devolved into. Uh, on, no, that does sound like a good Friday. compromise of. Either... Well, since we're talking about stupid human tricks, like th- three on three overtime, that really isn't hockey at all. Yeah. Why don't we just give a, each coach a paintball gun if they're able to hit one of the other players and they have have to go off for a chance? Yeah, yeah, that's fine by me. That would have made that more exciting. Because <laughs> it was, it was literally. I'd love, I'd love to see Joe with a paint gun. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if if you get hit, you can't come back on the ice for the OT period. You have to work mm-hmm. the whole roster that way. That seems and maybe even have different, good. or maybe just have like a like, you know random color paint in there too. So like different color paint mean different things. Like <laughs> it's a risk like, if you shoot the other team and it's a blue paint, then they get an extra guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's only one out of every five that's blue. So you got to yeah. take that chance to get rid of one of them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like, just just such... like the American Dodgeball Association America type rule. It's just such a bad. It can end up being so boring like that. It, 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 it was a decent game otherwise, right? And you end up like that, and it's just frustrating. So, not a fan, not a fan at all, in any way <laughs> of that. That Saturday night. Honestly, I think we played worse, <laughs> right? It's one of the lowest scoring first periods like I've ever watched with three shots and four shots. You know, there was the the yeah, that was that was a very weird shift from yeah right? Friday where <laughs> none of the periods had less than fifteen shots. To, yeah, we to, had a good second. Go that. Yeah, and the irony of that is we had a good second with three three PKs, <laughs> fourteen shots with three PKs is a decent period. Well, you know, we we did the we did well and and dominated pretty decently for sections of, of that that game as well. So uh, maybe I don't the think moral 
Yeah, maybe the moral of the story is we just got to play crappy hockey. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I don't remember exactly what Jankowski's goal was like, but Russell's goal was an absolute bomb from the middle. That was fantastic. He just came on the ice and just destroyed destroyed the puck back into the back of the net. It was it was a good one. Yeah, that's good. So I said it was it was funny. So I didn't get back home and get to watch a game for 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 a change. The six o'clock games feel weird. I don't know if I like them. I in person they just feel like you're done too soon. I don't know. I and it and it does seem pretty obvious that it's hurting attendance some. Yeah, it seems uh, so. Because of that earlier start, and I know it's it feel it certainly feels like the students aren't showing up as much for that earlier start. Uh, at least that was my impression when I was up there. I don't know what you noticed. I looked pretty even both nights. There was, maybe there maybe was... the problem was just I sat on the student side Friday. So my sure. impression of how full it was might be off compared to what it actually yeah, was. Yeah, you were the other way. Yeah, um, we sat up high. We sat up high in top row, uh, in G and D. I think on the both on the on the not student side, uh, both nights. So we were up, we were up nice and high, um, both nights, which was good. That's where I like to be, anyways. I don't like being anywhere, anywhere lower than that. I like to be able to see. So we went all the way to the top and stood. On the top row, and then you know we spent one period down and uh, on the ice too. It's always fun to watch one down from the from the very bottom ice level. But yeah, it uh, it was a good crowd. It was nice and loud. You know, yeah, it's good to see. It's and and you hear Joe's comments on the post game about that both nights. You know, talking about how decent and loud the crowd is and how much that helps. So you know, it, I know it's supposed to be a, a, a rebuilding this year for us. And, you know, next weekend. Uh, is next week in Minnesota State? This coming week in St. Thomas. Okay. Next home game is Minnesota State then, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so at St. Thomas, right? So St. Thomas, hopefully we, you know, we don't jump too far forward, but that should be a sweep, right? Um, but they gave somebody, they gave whoever they were playing a run for their money this weekend too. Yeah, Bowling Green in Bowling Green. But the team yeah, feels better than I think what I think what we were expecting. To be honest, it does. Uh, I, I was expecting I think, more of a yeah, rebuilding rough year. I do think it's kind of playing out close to the best it can from a perspective of like there's talent here. It's just when it's young talent, you're going to have nights like Friday where they don't score when they should. And then you're going to have nights like Saturday where it's more even, but you pull it out, especially when you've got a goaltender like Piedela who can kind of put the team on his back and yeah he had a couple of fantastic saves this weekend too yeah his one flash of the glove uh on saturday night was was awesome yeah he he gets across the net really well and doesn't get beat by the kind of quick cross-eyes passing where he should be getting beat yeah i i think it was was it last week on the joe show where joe or where they were talking about uh, Jamie was on, and they were talking about how flexible Max is, right? Yep. He actually did a TikTok uh-huh. video where Max is like doing the splits with his like butt on the ground and his legs like straight out in both directions, and he's like bouncing a little bit. And Jamie Ugh. goes, "All right, now Blake, you do it," and he just goes like, "Ta-da!" And he like kind of gets halfway down. <laughs> <laughs> And it was like crazy how flexible Max really is. Yeah. 
But that's my legs. Balls. How does that not hurt my, the balls? My legs. I feel like you'd be bouncing right on top. I yeah. don't know, man. It, it's like one of those uh, those uh, those little kid toys that has the thing in the middle, right? But uh, you don't have it there. <laughs> but no, it's I, I don't know. To me, it feels like they're playing they're playing decently well if they can avoid you know people getting hurt, right? There's a bunch of people out. Crespi was out. Um, I do think Leip's mom was in attendance because I got number four. That's my boy because that's the number that's on the back of my jersey. And I was really confused about it for a little bit. You know, I'm yeah. like, oh, it's, I don't have a player's jersey. I have a jersey number four. I have a number I picked, right? <laughs> but uh, I got I got that comment as we were walking in. So you know, there must have been some parents in I wonder, attendance. I wonder if she got her jersey because she ordered one. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, it's uh, – I don't know. I think they're. I think they're showing that maybe this team's a little bit better than we expect with the rebuild year. I, I think so. I mean, yeah. Granted, our expectations weren't super high, right? We talked about that going into this season, but I'm I'm really happy with what we've seen so far. It. I mean, I know they're competitive. I, I, I know it doesn't mean anything in November, but the fact that we're what twenty is twenty first in the pairwise yeah. right now, like that's uh-huh. that's impressive. Yep. Yeah, you keep keep winning some non conference games. You know, the July goes well, and that that turn other tournament goes well, and who knows, yeah. right? Right. Uh yep. So. Before we talk specifically about the results Saturday night, Rob, was there any players that stuck out to you specifically over the weekend? She kind of noticed them more in a positive or, or I guess negative light, but I, I do like seeing works. He's his name fits. The guy's always moving on the ice. Yeah. Right. In terms of some of the the the, the folks that maybe didn't uh weren't weren't around last year, right? Um he he's always moving. Kukin and skill on the puck is you know what you expect to see for for who he is and what he's supposed to be doing. Um, it, he feels like he just needs to get maybe a, a little bit bigger and be able to, he'll be able to hold people off a little bit better. Yeah. Um, but uh, those are two that came on the top of my head and and watching you know Ashbrook and that the line that he's on there, that whole group. Uh, I think does quite well in holding the puck in, in the offensive zone too. So I don't know. Defense wise, and nothing, nobody stuck out, but nobody, there was nothing extraordinary from the D side. They were just solid, right? Yeah. O'Connell seems to like to carry the puck up quite a bit, right? He'll, he seems to, to like to grab it and, and go forward with it quite a ways. Um, I don't know. It's uh there wasn't anybody that really stuck out a ton, though. In, in my mind, it was it was even and spread out, you know, for for who had the scoring, and there wasn't a ton of it, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Nobody, nobody really stuck out too too much. The well, Saturday on paper was a more, I guess, even game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I th- I thought Saturday was our worst game of the yeah. two. Even though the results don't show that, I mean, we took four penalties, only drew two, uh, still went over two on the penalty power play, but we also killed all the penalty kills. Like there was no special teams goals the entire weekend, right? Yeah, the opposite of last weekend, right? Yeah, <laughs> the weekend before. Um, a lot less shots. We got thirty nine total. I don't know. 
41 total on Saturday. On Saturday, yeah. So just a just a different game. I didn't get a chance to watch most of it. I did tune in for a little bit. I know I tuned in. It froze on me, so I killed it, and then Jankowski scored before I got it going again. So uh, I was like, well, whatever. I was over at my sister's hanging out with family, so I I didn't spend a whole lot of time actually watching this one. But uh, nice to see Blake get another shutout. He's up to uh, just extending his own record. I forget what he's actually at on the season now. Well, like I said, he he earned some of that. I mean, there were some really high quality saves, uh, yeah, on Saturday night. There were a couple there that were were just fantastic. In fact, it's it's one of the ones they've got up on Twitter from uh, from Saturday night. He comes across and just flashes the glove up high on what what should be a goal on a one timer uh, on, on the power play. You know, it's it's a nice cross cross ice, you know. Not quite up at the dots, the Ovechkin spot. He's a little lower than that, but it's a it's a fantastic uh, save that he makes with the glove. So he's at a nine thirty six save percentage right now, play having played in ten games, uh, not including the guy that's only played in three games. How many guys do you think have a better save percentage than him in college hockey right now that have played in at least seven games? He's got 936. Yeah. If if we didn't have that one game in Bowling Green, he'd be quite up there, I would think. But that Bowling Green one is what kicks him down. Yeah. I haven't I have I have not been paying attention to stats, but I I would guess that that's gotta be in like the top three to top five range. Yeah. What do you think, Rob? Yeah, top top ten. So he's fifth on who's listed, but I'm gonna ignore Ethan Pearson because he's only played three games so far. So he so right now Blake's fourth. Tied for fourth with Dylan St. Cyr, who transferred to Michigan State and seems to be doing well. He's behind Logan Turnus from Connecticut, Henry Welsh at UMass Lowell, and Devin Levi at Northeastern, and tied with Dylan St. Cyr. He's got yep. the shutout lead so far. Yep. By two, right? He's doubling up every. No, somebody's got three. No, no. Two guys have three now. Arizona State and Perret, whoever's oh. that's a heck of a name. Semptenfelter yeah, at Arizona State and uh and Perrette's at Quinnipiac, who was he had a heck of a year last year, if I remember right. Yeah, but he's not he hasn't done nearly as well in his other seven games. Cause he's he's way down there on save yeah, percentage. Yeah, nine one five is a save percentage, yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I think I, I and I I know we we said it sort of, but you can point a lot of it at Blake, right? Like, oh yeah, you yeah, got a no, goalie Blake... with four shutouts in in ten games, and the team's played what eleven now. Uh, he's he's doing what a senior in his position should be doing for a team like Tech. Um, they're playing yeah. pretty good in front of him, but. He's living up to the hype of being the best goalie in the CCHA this year. Yeah, I think you're you're, you're spot on there. He's he's definitely doing well. And I just watch back the the Jankowski goal. He had a nice one timer, is what he had. Okay. Little little pass to him, wide open in the slot, and beat the goalie coming across.
We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So the Joe show, we can kind of just fade that into the next topic. The Joe talked a lot about, you know, the whole seeing the goalie, seeing the net type thing. He talked about that a little bit, which we we've covered before. Um, somebody asked him about recruiting, which I think is what we can primarily focus on next. And he talked about how he's really happy with, with where recruiting is and that, Jordy and and Tyler have done a good job and and I tend to agree since since last week's episode when we kind of took a deep dive into recruiting uh they got three more guys to sign letters of intent that we had not heard about before and they actually got one of the guys at least one of the guys that we had on our list um to sign a letter of intent uh Skogan Schrock is the one that signed that we talked about last week um but they added Nick Williams, who's a defenseman from Youngstown in the USHL. He's 5'9". I forget if this number's the Elite League one or not, but uh, Elite Prospects. Uh, but he's a 0-2. Um, neutral zone had him at well, four stars, I think, and pretty much and the top-rated available 0-2 defenseman. Um, and I had a couple different people reach out and say that he's a good prospect. Um, former gopher recruit, former gopher recruit. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that pans out as well as some of our former badger recruits did. (laughs) Former badger recruits turned back into badgers. What's that? We had a couple that stayed. Yeah, Yeah. no, we had a couple that stayed, (laughs) but we had one that left. (laughs) Well, he was the one that left was never. He wanted he was, to go to Wisconsin and was not recruited or signed. Sure, fair right. enough. Um, but I'm talking about Bliss and Bretzman. Yeah, you know, I know. Um, so Nick Williams is that defenseman. Uh, he looks good on paper. I've heard a lot of good things from a couple different sources about him. Uh, I probably should try and watch some USHL on flow now that we have access, but I have not. And then we got Henry Bartle, who is a forward uh, for Des Moines in the USHL. Um, six one. He's an O three birthday. Uh, he's got six points, including four goals in eleven games this year in the USHL. And he is from he played Centennial High School here, just up the road from where I live. Uh, another another good recruit. That honestly, that's the that's the kind of guy you want to see Tech getting is a guy who you know 
he's got a half a goal per game almost or over a third of a goal a game. What what uh, I like to see what I like to see from him is he's the type of player that went straight from high school into the USHL, never spent a day at the NAHL level. Yeah, and, yeah, he and if right you and if, level. and if you're the caliber player that can step right into the USHL out of high school, you've got a pretty high upside, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree completely, and I think he's. Uh, it's nice to see a guy of that caliber from, uh, from the USHL, and slash Minnesota high school commit at this point in his career because he is what. Uh, uh, why am I struggling with math? He's 19 right now, I think. i got to open my other tab. Yeah, so he's not a guy that we got in early and have to hang on, right? He he should be getting a lot of interest from from yeah, a lot of different we, teams, and he picked Tech. Yeah, yeah. He's, he should have had a bunch of offers, and he picked Tech. That's a great sign. And that's likely a – I wouldn't be surprised if that's a Jordy Murray connection of some kind. That, that that name and that recognition brought him in. And then the other name that committed in the last week signing a letter of intent is Max, Max Kosky-Purdy. Did I get that right? You don't even know. <laughs> Kosky is, is how the first part would be said if it was a Uper name. Yeah. <laughs> but the second part of it, I, I don't know. <laughs> You've seen it, right? Uh, I'm looking to see. It's in the chat. Yeah, Kosky Perti is how I would say. Yeah, the Perti. double T's would be. I would probably say both T's with a double T. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I would okay. think Kosky Perti. Okay, but, but he's yeah. a six foot, six foot forward. <laughs> uh, plays on the same team as Max Perkic that we got committed last week uh, in Finland. He's actually Finnish uh, this time. He's only 18 right now. Um, already six feet. Um, from the same hometown as Max Vernon, our goalie. And where's the other down here? I'm sucking at switching here. And uh, he's got 18 points, including eight goals in 20 games for Kiko Espoo, uh, which is good for first amongst forwards on the team. And I think he's his 15th or something in the league, if I remember correctly. I don't know if I still have that tab open. Probably. Oh, man, we've crossed the line of kids committing after I graduate high school now. Welcome to the club, bud. That's fun. Welcome. <laughs> Let me see here again what the where he was in the league. Uh, oh, apparently that's a premium content league. I can't look at it. <laughs> No, you can. You oh, no, it's, it's the filter. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah. Uh, so he's 45th in the in the league overall in scoring. That's forwards and D. But still, like I... That. So far, their finish recruiting has been top-notch. Uh, Joe reiterated that... I, he made it sound like he thinks... Uh, is it Veradio? Is that how you say the other one? That's uh, on the same team? No, the other guy that uh, is hurt right now. Casper Veradio. 
Oh, from the current tech players? Yeah. Is he like he made it sound like Casper is probably better than Topi. Okay. And if that's true, we've pretty much hit on everybody from Finland so far. So I, I have I have to have high expectations for Perkick and Koski per Perti. Um but yeah, and, like this this group, these three guys specifically give me a lot of hope for where we're headed along with Perkick. Um and and just within a week of us talking about it last show, they've signed two forwards that look to have a lot of promise. And that was kind of our sticking point about recruiting when we discussed it just a week ago. We were worried about where's the scoring going going to come from? Where's the forward recruiting? And it looks like we were just a week too early because now they got two guys signed that look pretty dang good on paper. Yeah, now the interesting thing to me is to see how to try... The next step for me is to put some feelers out and try and understand we've got three, six... What do we got here? We've got 15 guys committed, including 5D. How many of those guys are coming in next year? How many are coming in the year after? And are any of them currently projected to be more than that out already? Because if you go, if we go off of what I penciled in here, we've already got, uh, if, if everything goes the way I have it penciled in right now, tech already has 20 forwards for next year and 20 forwards for the year after. Assuming Ashbrook and Bronte stay for their COVID years because they transferred, I would kind of expect them to stay for their COVID year because of the transfer. Um, and then on defense, we actually have one more defenseman on the roster at 11 next year and the year after, depending on what happens. Now, in my head, with no information from anybody, the thing that makes the most sense to me is that a guy like Frank Devorney transfers. Well, I think they're. I think they probably know that there's going to be some transfers. They probably don't know who, but yeah. Well, I'm just saying him specifically be because he didn't. He's not playing yet. Mm-hmm. Has been. Yeah. Has it's been chosen to play. Nordstrom and Crespi at D over him. Uh, Oliver Bezik is hurt. I think he's more the type of guy that is happy to be the the Rockwell type and bide his time. And and like I think he's got some connection to the UP that he's he seems like that kind of guy where he's just gonna stick around and bide his time. Frank's the one to me that that. If he he's he's gonna be like the Grant Doctor this year, where if he doesn't develop and doesn't get where Joe thinks he should be, Frank's gonna be the kind of guy that moves on and uh, goes elsewhere. But that's all speculation on my my part. I've heard nothing about it from the team, but it just that just seems to be my perception. Not that you know. Cam Moger or Tyler Miller or Max Perkett couldn't one of them couldn't be pushed back a year to make this all make a little more sense on paper. But you also really don't want 
five defensemen graduating at the same time. And well, that's, that's a pretty brutal. Right that's a pretty brutal uh, <laughs> rebuild yeah. the year after, right? So, right. So it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over time. Uh, and then you've got the other issues of like, um, I don't even know anymore what the like, like Jed Piedla could redshirt from COVID, right? He can have a fifth year. Um, he's one that I wouldn't be surprised if he does because because he's a late bloomer and developed into something solid, and, right? Like and he, he did, yep, yep. And he's and the he kind of also, kid that, yeah. He's also somebody that would probably take the opportunity at getting a head start on a grad degree, yeah, and run with it, right? No, I think he's he's a prime candidate for something like that. Um, but then again, at the same time, like Joe's dipped in the transfer portal, so where does that stuff fit in? But I guess that all depends on how many guys currently well, on the team put themselves in the portal to move on. You dip in the portal if you need to. I mean, yeah. if 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 you're replacing him with guys you've got recruited, then you and you don't have a need to go to the portal. Then yeah. Um. But yeah, it'll be it'll be like if you know if Jed sticks, then you're talking about, um, Marcus not so much. But you've got, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I don't even really want to speculate on the on the COVID year stuff because because you just don't know what Ryan O'Connell or Chris Leip are gonna do. Um, I guess I honestly didn't look that closely at Ryan O'Connell to know if this is his COVID year or not. Um, but yeah, it it's getting close, uh, crowded. So it'll be interesting to see if if anybody uh, has committed kind of gets moved on from or like, I don't know. I don't expect to hear much on recruiting now for a while again, because, because if, unless, unless you get a decommitment somewhere, uh, it'll be really interesting whenever tech actually releases everybody that signed. So we get a better sense of who, Michigan Tech has made the commitment to bring in eventually uh, versus the verbal. Um, but yeah, that I think that's about it on that. I, think I just want one more recruiting thing. Yep. Um, I did see that, or I did find, I think I mentioned it to you, Tim, that we, our um, newest Slovenian recruit has a little brother that is playing in Finland too. So if everything goes well, we've got a chance we can have two Slovenians on the team. That'd be cool. <laughs> I think. Did you say something about him, uh, about the younger brother being on like the Slovenian U18 team or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a potentially even better caliber recruit if you could if you could poach the little brother to come with, right? Yeah, he's a forward too. No, oh, cool. That sounds cool. Then I'll have one more team to pay attention to during... Well, I guess they're not in the World Junior top division, but yeah. I don't even know how to watch that, the rest of it. Uh, yeah, that would be fun to see, to get... Uh, it'd be really fun to have brothers on the team that weren't, you know, Pietalas or Caros and get some from Slovenia. That'd be kind of fun. 
But that was a nice little nugget you found, yeah. Now to step into the St. Thomas series coming up. Michigan Tech gets to make the trek down here to the Twin Cities to face St. Thomas for the second time in uh, Mendota Heights after playing there last year. Uh, Dustin and I are going to have the pleasure of going on Friday night. Uh, Will this be Anders' first Tech game? Yeah. Yeah. So Dustin's little boy gets to go to his first Tech game. Maybe Joey can show him the ropes on how to muscle your way in to get a high five from the players. No, he'd, probably like, the yeah, he'd probably like a high five. It might not be as hard <laughs> this time now that Hallinan's not on the team <laughs> and his entire extended family isn't in town watching the game. <laughs> but yeah, um, I know I talked to Joey today and she wants to go, especially since Bethlin will be there and then she gets to meet Anders and and do the high five line, so That'll be oh, really no. Her. I don't really want to go if Bethlehem's going to be there. <laughs> 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 well, that's why you can say you're not going Saturday because she's hosting the um, alumni gathering. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it'll. I don't it, ever go to the alumni gatherings, regardless. Yeah, I'll be there. So the um, like St. Thomas, we said a little bit earlier, had a had a rough weekend against Bowling Green. They they played them close and somehow managed to lose both games, if I remember correctly. I don't know if either of them went to overtime. Nope. 3-2, three, 3-2. Two, three, two. Their last three losses have all been by one goal at Minnesota State and two at Bowling Green. So that, uh, they're playing tough. So it, it could be a long weekend for Michigan Tech if they don't show up here. Um... Yeah. Let's see here. Because I know Saturday night, yeah, Saturday night, St. Thomas was up 2-1 to one going into the third, gave up a goal with just over five minutes left, and gave up a goal to lose with 17 seconds left. So tough loss for St. Thomas. They do seem to be a better team than last year, but they're not really getting any breaks here they're two and ten so far with what one two three four five five one goal losses including two overtime losses uh and then two more two goal losses in there too so and they've played a tough schedule i think penn state's pretty high up in the pairwise aren't they uh let's see and I Saint, think so. St. Cloud is up top. Yeah, Penn the State's top. fourth. Yeah. St. Cloud's sixth. And Minnesota State's, what, 18, 14, 15? 14th right now, yeah. yeah. So they've got six losses against teams that are top 15 in the current pairwise. Um, I don't think we said this on the podcast yet, but I poked fun at Buchegrass on Twitter today because CHN posted their top five in the pairwise tweet again and I quote tweeted it and asked Gucci if it still doesn't make sense and he said yes or something to that effect and then I got into an argument with some troll about the pairwise because he didn't understand the joke I was making at Buchegrass because Buchegrass doesn't understand it but whatever sounds fun yeah it was
Um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to expect this weekend. It feels like this is a weekend where Tech shows up and they could get six points and make it look relatively easy, and they could just as easily... I don't expect them to get swept, but it could be a weekend like last weekend where they they have one off night and one good night where one of them goes to overtime and lose something like a shootout or whatever. I don't really expect a split, though. I feel like Tech should come out with more points, but I, I have a feeling they're not going to get all six for some reason. I'm not sure why. Yeah, what do you, you guys think? I mean, you got you to gotta hope you, at this point, you're still sweeping against St. Thomas. And they should, and you they should still sweep St. Thomas. Yeah, that should still, still be the expectation, but I don't know. You know, you know, you come out and have a 6-1 Bowling Green game, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or not. So, no, I still, I think this, I think it'll be a sweep, but I think it'll be closer games. They need to be on one of the nights. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it, see how it goes. So are you guys predicting a sweep? I think it'll be a sweep. I don't think it's going to be blowouts or anything, but I think Tank Tech wins both. Rob, no, I think I think it's a sweep. That's that's definitely what uh, what I think this weekend as well. It should be. So if Tech won a game during three on three overtime, is that five or six points in conference? That's five. Is it? Yeah, five, right? I think that's the winning and over. Right. Winning in overtime is still a win, it's but the it's a shootout. It's the same as a shootout win in the conference. I don't think standings. so. Well, I didn't think so, but honestly, I'm, I'm you got me doubting it now that you're asking the question. I thought an overtime win was still a full three point win. An overtime win is still a three point win. Okay, I I don't know now. Like I said, you got me doubting it. I thought it was. <laughs> I don't quit know. Resting with messing with Rob's head. Uh, yeah, I thought I'm I could have swore. <laughs> Let's see here. Two points is an overtime or shootout win. Okay, yeah, so it is. Yeah. So an overtime they win. Still, they count as an a win overtime win pairwise. counts as a two thirds win for pairwise. Yes. A yeah. shootout counts as a tie for pairwise. Yeah. It's so stupidly complicated. Yeah. Give me wins, losses, and ties, and just call it good. Yeah. Uh, at this point, that the the, uh, the Tommies are not in last place anymore, though. So who knows? In in the conference or the pairwise? Conference. Well, well some of those states they... last in the conference. Yeah, and we gave them. Who did the Tommies beat? Ferris, I think. Is there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. They split with Ferris. They took him to overtime Friday and lost, and then won Saturday. A couple weeks. It's ago. ridiculous that Bowling Green's got eight games played already. Yeah. Have they played any other conference sure. yet? Yeah, they played two. Four, I guess. Weird. I don't know. I can't read the standings anymore, apparently. Well, these are full 
full schedules I'm looking at here. Not, it's not a composite. Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, I think I'm good. Not, not a lot of news. It's, it's just getting down to actually, you know, watching games finally. Yeah, I did our um, uh, a breakdown for pairwise purposes to kind of make my point on the Twitter argument today related to Bucci not understanding pairwise and said that uh, I figured out that 60% of all non-conference games that would happen, that would include at least one team in a conference, have happened already. There's been 314 non-conference games played out of 500 possible, but that 314 included, includes all the exempt games. I didn't figure that out. So I just assumed 300 oh, were, sure. were sure, not sure. exempt. Um, and so, you know, so 300 out of 500 have been played already. So your two-thirds of your non-conference games that drastically or can drastically impact pairwise are already done. Yeah, we just get the uh, you know the holiday fun. That's usually where the rest of them fall in, and then after that, it's a sprinkling, if you will, right? Yeah, and most of that's because of like the Big Ten having seven teams and and that yep. stuff, and, 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 and hockey uh, seven eleven decent amount of independence. Yep, that we've got around this year. Mm-hmm. Well, is that it, guys? I know you asked the CHN guys to add an independence column, but they haven't done it yet. <laughs> no, I, I was trying to. I was, I was trying to get them to do that to make my math a little easier today to figure out. Uh, <laughs> sure. How many non? Because because that I had to go through each of the independent schedules to figure out how many times they played a conference team right. to figure out how many of the games for conference teams have been played. Is that good? Anything else? One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. We also created a TikTok account uh, where we're trying to put some excerpts of the video we record when we do this podcast. Maybe maybe we'll do a little excerpt of your ER visit there, Dustin. <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll be the one that finally cracks a thousand views on oh, TikTok. Thanks. patrons at the white level above get access to our quarterly zoom chats featuring guests like john scott joe sean brad patterson cam ellsworth and uh and more uh we're now doing instat uh articles from uh from uh augie uh he's been doing some really nice charts i think i'm gonna the other thing i'm gonna try and start doing with tiktok is trying to do a little video where i take something like augie's chart and I put it as my background and I do a little synopsis of what he's talking about and tell people to go to Tech Hockey Guide or whatever to check it out. So it's not just g- going to be about the podcast if I get some time to do that stuff. You should we'll do weekly weekly pairwise lessons for Bucci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could do that. You see here, this team with three losses has only lost to the teams that are second, third, and fifth in the pairwise. So that's why they're sec- they're third right now, or whatever. Yeah, that was that was kind of what um, what's his name was trying to do. Uh, whatever. Let's see. Patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Uh, so you get to hear Dustin's lovely ER visit. We get to hear the full story about Rob's trip home this weekend. 
Uh, I don't know what else we're going to cut this week, but that's probably enough since we're not going that long. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to the unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chasing MacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Again, we're on Twitter or on uh, TikTok now at Tech Hockey Guide. We haven't figured out what we're going to do if uh, if Twitter disappears, but I think we've got a little bit of time to figure that out before they get uh, apparently fined into oblivion uh, by the federal government. Uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Uh, don't be afraid to drop us questions on our Discord or on Twitter anytime, and we'll try and get to them uh, the next time we record. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast on your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends and give us a review. If you're going to give us a review, please give us five stars. If you give us a five-star review and leave a review dustin will read the review on the podcast so let's see if we can get some more here uh once again drop all our thanks thanks to our sponsors hp dental and rhinelander wisconsin and labonia technical services special thanks to mitch lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint doc mcresin for his generous donation to get this thing running we hope you enjoy finally thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode if you like what you hear check them out at the thank been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha